Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Please be seated. I am so thankful. And I had asked Pastor Jamin, I said, can I sing the Black National Anthem? It had never been done in this church before. We will forever <laughs> break new ground in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay, I'm excited about this. Now, this is important, okay? Now, I know that from an emotional standpoint, all right, sometimes we're used to, the, to jumping up. But this needs to go into your spirit. This is where you actually take notes, okay? It's not enough for you to come to church every Sunday and not take notes, amen? I'm telling you the truth, okay? And uh, I want you all to get, you know, uh, you might be looking at my swag that I got on. I got to thank my, <laughs> I got to thank my son over here because I saw he got this jacket from Ethiopia, and I was like, I got to get that. He's like, you can have it, Dad. <laughs> Get used to seeing different people from different all over the world come in with their customs and look at how they look and the unity and the diversity. Get used to that. And uh, speaking of diversity, I'm going to start it this way. I'm going to say a quick prayer. okay? and then we're going to get into the word. Father, bless him. Jesus name. Amen. Now, when you understand your father, you don't have to go into the deep. ah, You don't have to go through all the gymnastics when you want to get something done. My sons, my wife can say, hey, daddy, can I have this? Yes or no? Amen. Why? Because we have a relationship. Now, speaking of black history, one of my favorite patriarchs, or is it patriarch or matriarch if it's a lady, sweetie? Thank you. (laughs) Matriarchs is Harriet Tubman. Have you heard of her? Can you put that up, please? She said, I freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more if they knew they were slaves. That's a bad lady right there. Let me explain something to you. She understood slavery, but she also understood freedom. The problem is the people that she was freeing didn't understand freedom. How many times have we come to church and the word of God has been preached and we've been set free, but we haven't been set free here? Amen. Now, this is a question that I I ask. I'm going to tell you how I learn. So this is going to be an experience on how I learn. I ask a lot of questions. Amen. I ask a lot of questions. The question I had was, how could they not know they were slaves? Right? Show the next picture, please. How could you not know that you're a slave when you see this? How could you not know when you've had a chain around your neck, your dignity taken from you? How could you not know that? It's something diabolical that the enemy does to the mind. To where you can see all the writings on the wall, but you don't see that. Next picture, please. So what they did was this. They said, we are to keep the body and take the what? And take the mind. Pastor Jamin talked about the mind last week, and I'm just following up a little bit with that. You see, when you see African-Americans, we have a different type of history from being abducted, from being taken, from being traded like cards, right? And that history is something that we don't have to run from. We have to understand it, okay? This is part of our history. This is part of American history. I get it. In this, let me go to my notes here. The next picture, please. From 1863 to 1963, we had Harriet Tubman, 
1847 all the way up through the early 1900s, she had something called the Underground Railroad. In that Underground Railroad, she was doing her best to free those slaves that you saw. In 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, and a hundred years later, we have this gentleman here fighting for civil rights, Dr. Martin Luther King. In this crowd that you'll see throughout the month of February, you're going to see that he brought about the number of changes from 250,000 to 300,000 people to the government. Ingenious in what he did because he had a dream. And I'm thankful for those that have a dream. I'm thankful for those like Dr. Martin Luther King who put his life behind him and he said, your life matters more and I have a dream. Amen? But Dr. Martin Luther King, he said in his dream that, that he wanted to see the, the children of the slave owners and slaves get together. He wanted to see that diversity, and you all saw it today. Now, I have a question for you. Are there any people in this room that come from a diverse family? Look at that. Is there anybody in here that's black and white? I know all my family over there is. <laughs> is there anybody that's Spanish and something else? Absolutely. See, diversity has been fought for for years. But what happened with Dr. Martin Luther King was this. You all see the glory and you're going to hear the speeches. But something else happened. His heart became heavy. Because when he went to the government, the government didn't do what they said they were going to do. He did the dream. They said, okay, we're going to give you civil rights. But then something changed. I'll go ahead and play the video. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I must confess that uh, that dream that I had that day has at many points turned into a nightmare. Now, I'm not one to lose hope. I keep on hoping. Uh, I still have faith in the future. But I've had to analyze many things over the last few years, and I would say over the last few months. I've gone through a lot of soul-searching and agonizing moments, and I've come to see that uh, we have uh, many more difficult days ahead, and some of the old optimism was a little superficial, and now it must be tempered with a solid realism. And I think the realistic fact is that we still have a long, long way to go and that we are involved in a war on Asian soil, uh, which, if not checked and stopped, can poison the very soul of our nation. I'm not going to say that you all of our problems will be solved if the war in Vietnam is ended, but I do say... Now, from his own words, you heard that that dream that God gave him that inspired a nation, it broke his heart. Amen. But it doesn't stop there because you're going to hear a lot about the dream. So what he did was in 1963, he said, OK, over the next few years, he watched what the government didn't didn't do. Amen. So then he said, let me start a different campaign. Now, this campaign will I don't like the title, but it's true. He called it the poor man's campaign. He was a part of it. He didn't start. He was a part of it. It was about 3,000 people deep. This campaign changed the whole idea of his latest thought process. He said, it's not enough to have civil rights. We have to have resources. So when Martin Luther King decided to form this organization or get in this organization called the Poor People's Campaign, he was going to march to Washington, D.C. for one goal, and that's to get a check. As soon as that happened, he was assassinated. But praise God, his dream didn't stop because I love diversity. And what happened with diversity, there was this guy from Kenya. He met this white lady from, I forgot where she's from. Let's just say Kansas. Thank you, bro. And he also had a dream for change. Put his picture up. 
President Obama, even though Martin Luther King felt the way he felt towards his dream, it didn't stop with him. There was a diversity going on where this guy from Kenya met this lady from Kansas and they had a son and he said, I believe in change. Now, I've had a lot of conversations with people concerning politics and they said, well, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama didn't do much for black people. I've heard that. But then, you know, what comes to mind. Has anybody in the sports arena ever heard of Roger Bannister? Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. He's the first human to do so that's, uh, that's noted. Prior to him breaking that four-minute mile, nobody knew it was possible. So Roger gave people that run track hope. President Obama gave black people, people of color, hope. Amen? That's what he did for black people. Because once upon a time, we was like, no, we could never do it. Now we're saying, he did it, and guess what? So can I. I can now run a four-minute mile. I can run a three-and-a-half minute. I can run a two-minute mile. Not yet, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> he gave us hope. But I wanted to kind of give you this idea of a little bit of black history. And you fast-forward it to today. I started thinking, I said, Father, we got a tripped-out history. And you know what God told me? Mm. He said, I thank God for the Harriet Tubmans and the Martin Luther King who gave you a dream. President Barack Obama gave you hope for change. But Jesus, hear me out. Jesus said, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, y'all don't hear me, though. This is beyond hope. This is beyond dreams. This is the kingdom. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. Jesus said this in Luke 4. Put that up, please. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you kingdom. Say to your neighbor, my father has good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Say it one more time. Say, my father has good pleasure to give me the kingdom. The problem is, most people don't know what that means. Most people say things and don't understand what they're saying. So I'm going to take today and give you a little bit of thought processes on what the kingdom is. It's beyond dreams. It's beyond hopes. It is the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to prove to this, prove you to this, that this is the only thing when it came to Jesus preaching is what he preached. So check this out. If you want Jesus type of results, preach what Jesus preached. Amen. Is that simple? If you want Jesus type of results, preach what he preached. Isn't that where the word Christian comes from? Christ-like? Okay, now, my question was, and you're following my thought process, what is a kingdom? All right? What is a kingdom? A kingdom is a country, a state, or a territory ruled by a king or queen. It is the realm or domain, the total sphere of influence of the king, his dominant area of influence. So now that you see what you got, you still don't understand it. I get it. But we're going to break that down. So if it is the father's good pleasure to give you something, he's excited about something. Could it be that it's something that you had, 
you lost and you got it back. He's excited about giving you something. A country, a state, a territory. The realm of this kingdom is its domain. A total sphere of influence of the king. So my next question was, go to the next slide. What's the purpose of this kingdom? The purpose of this kingdom is to do the will of the king, to take care of its citizens, and to expand the king's territory. Okay? Now, some of this stuff, I know all this stuff you're going to get because I prayed about it. The purpose of this kingdom that God gave you is right here. To do the will of the king, to take care of the citizens, to expand the king's territory. Amen? Okay, check this out. So if you got a kingdom... You have a purpose. Now you need a king. (laughs) So what is a king? See how simple this is? (laughs) A king is a male ruler of an independent state, especially one who inherits his position by right of birth. We're going somewhere with this. You'll see. There was this guy by the name of Nicodemus. He saw Jesus do a bunch of stuff, and he said, I can't believe all the stuff that you're doing. He came at the, in the nighttime when nobody was around, and, and then he said, how are you doing it? All the miracles that you're doing, and then Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a man is born again, this is a king talking, one who inherits his position by right of birth. God has given you something, and he's given you the keys on how to get it. Go to the next slide. What is this king's territory? (laughs) If you go to uh, Psalms 24, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's in all of its fullness, the world and all who live in it. You see... When God has good pleasure to give you something and you don't know what it is, you can't receive it. If I was to give somebody some keys to a car and it's a giant parking lot out there and they can't find the car, the keys don't mean anything to them. Amen. God has given you a kingdom. Now, I know that this this will soak in, but this is why Jesus came. All right. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, and the world, those who dwell in it. So check this out. We have a king. We have a kingdom. We have a purpose. We have a territory. So how is he going to manage all of this? Turn with me to Isaiah 9-6. For unto us a child is born. A son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David will he last through eternity. To order it, establish it with judgment and justice from that time and even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Couple things in there. A king, a kingdom, a territory, a purpose, and now a government. So based on my thought process, my next question is, what is a government? A government is a governing body of a nation, a state, or a community, a group of people with authority to govern. It is the authority, the leadership, the management, control, exercise, actions of its members, citizens, and inhabitants. Go back to Isaiah uh, 9-6, please. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. This government, 
will be on his shoulders. Anybody heard about some government issues lately? We're going to talk about that. See, this is the thing. When you understand what God has given you, your life is going to be totally different. Now, what did Jesus do with this government? How did Jesus express this? Jesus, if you go to the next slide, please. Jesus said this about his government. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns because this is why I was sent. So if you all want to know why Jesus was sent, this is it right here. Amen. Next, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's saying, I'm sent to talk about the kingdom. Now, I want you to seek the kingdom. Acts 28, 31. This is about Paul. Boldly and without hindrances, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. This government Jesus kept talking about was the kingdom. Amen. About this territory that he was going for. Matthew 26, 52. The authority of this government is not just in the physical world, but it's also in the supernatural world. Jesus, by authority, was being brought from the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane to, to Pilate. And Peter chops off this guy's ear, the soldier's ear, and Jesus puts it back. He said, don't you know that I can call more than 12 legions of angels to handle this situation? This is the power of the one in authority in which we have. Now, then he gave us a great commission. You see, God gave us a kingdom. And I'm telling you this. And I know that you're thinking to yourself, man, what's going on with this, bro? This kingdom changed my life. Because it separated me from religion. See, religion had me like this. That's why now I can see a Baptist, a Catholic, a Lutheran, a Pentecostal, a Muslim, a Hindu, and it doesn't bother me because I represent a kingdom. Amen? Now, check this out. I was like, Lord, I'm trying to get this kingdom thing down. And then he said he brought me all the way back to Luke. And, and in Luke, he said, I'm giving you something and I'm so pleased about it. But a lot of people are still not grasping it. So if you could bring me that. Go back to Luke uh, 4, please. Luke 12. Yeah, Luke 4, 12 on the slides. Jesus said, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen? I know it doesn't feel like it's a good pleasure to you, but it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So when you get the kingdom, this is what you do. I'm excited. I got the kingdom. I open it up. Like we say in our family, don't assume it's an iPad Pro. No. <laughs> and then I take this and I say, what's in the kingdom? Lo and behold, he gives me his word. But so many Christians get this gift and they don't understand it, right? Check this out. They don't get the power of what this does. I'll tell you why. Because they get the gift, they look at it, and they say, books for Christmas? What is it? I don't want no books for Christmas. Jesus said it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But when you... Thanks, babe. You got to stand up, sweetie. I did that on purpose because you, you look good. No. <laughs> but when you open this book, when you truly appreciate the gift, 
there's another gift. What is this? I studied my word and I got another gift. I'm learning about the kingdom. I'm learning about there's a king. I'm learning there's a territory. I'm learning there's a government. I'm learning that my king of kings has given me a gift of his kingdom. But what's in the kingdom? What's in here? Like Jesus, I've been praying. I don't, I don't see all my prayers being answered. I see so much going on. And, and, and I don't know. And Jesus said, you know what you need? Because you're going to be doing things in the kingdom. You need a passport. Hear me out. <laughs> when, you op- when you understand the power of this passport, Not only am I in the kingdom, but it gives me access to territories outside of the kingdom. When you understand that that word doesn't mean anything until you get your passport. And if anybody has traveled from one country to another country, they realize that you got to go through customs. And when you go through customs, they have to stamp something. And check this out, over 2,000 years ago, there was somebody who, put through, who went through customs, and he took his blood and he stamped a passport. He said, whatever you need on earth, I'm going to give it to you in heaven because you have a passport, you have access that no matter what you need, you can get because you are legal. So this kingdom gives you access to things in the kingdom. So when you're on earth, you have legal rights to access everything you need in the kingdom. You say, Swan, I don't believe that. You say, well, ask the seven sons of Sceva. They tried to do spiritual war, and he said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know, but you don't have your passport to have access to leadership over my life. So you got to get your butt kicked. And that's exactly what happens. And check this out. When I travel, I can't use my wife's passport. So I got to have my own relationship with God. And this gives me access. So check this out. When I come through, they got this picture. And if you look at it, the passport shows the government in which you represent. Now, I just showed you in Isaiah 9 that Jesus took his government and put it on his shoulders. If you are a part of God's kingdom and you are a part of God's government, you have the full right authority and power of that government behind you. Because if I was to go to another country and something were to happen, because I have this legal document, it's all good in the hood. Why? Because I can go to something called an embassy. That embassy, no matter what country you're in, when you step into that embassy, you are legally in your own country. They cannot touch you. That's why God was so excited to give you the kingdom because he wasn't just giving you a kingdom he was giving you access so when you don't have a job pull out your passport and you say lord i'm a legal child of god based on the gift you gave me you have given me access to healing you've given me access to health. You've given me access to prosperity. You've, I'm single. I want, I, I want to have and spend the rest of my life with someone. You've given me access to relationship. You've given me access. My mind is going crazy. You've given me access to peace. When you really understand the kingdom of God, what he gave you, you have full legal access. This is powerful. Can you pull up what the definition of a passport is? 
A passport is an official document, my Bible, issued by a government, the word of God, certifying the holder's identity and citizenship and entitling them to travel under its protection from foreign countries. That is what you have in the word of God. Now, we're not done yet because this passport, hear me, this is so good. This passport is used for what? Travel. If this passport is used for travel, travel covers something called a territory. So if God has you traveling, he's giving you territory. Amen? (laughs) See, y'all thought this church was designed to stay here in Aurora. This church is designed to travel, to get out. Remember, we talked about those dreams and the hopes. There's dreams here. There's hopes here. There's ideas. There's jobs. But you can't do it if you're sitting on your butt all day not using your passport. You got to get out. You have a commission to go and do something. What is a passport? And this is what you have to know as a church. And when you start to understand what God gave you, you'll stop playing the religion game. Nowhere in the Bible, and you can help me. I know we got a bunch of Bible scholars up in here. Does Jesus preach that we should be a religion? So stop playing religion. Be heirs. You represent a kingdom, not a denomination. Jesus gave us salvation, right? Not a denomination. So y'all got to get it right now because he's commissioned you to go out. Next slide. See, with this passport, you're going to have power. This power is the Holy Spirit to access all those things that God has given us through this passport. And when you, does anybody in here have a passport? When you look at the passport as stamped, I want you to see your passport spiritually as stamped with the blood of Jesus. And check this out. When you open your passport up and you go into spiritual warfare, you're not going to see a picture of yourself. You're going to see a picture of Jesus. On earth as it is in heaven. So when God gives you access, he's given it through his son. So when you flash your, your passport and you need access, oh, I don't see Joshua, I see Jesus. Don't Joshua mean Jesus? No. <laughs> you have more power and you have to start exercising it. Next slide. You're royal. See, the problem is, is this. A lot of times we forget. I asked uh, Devin to sing We're King of Kings. Lord of Lords, we are King of Kings. That's my joint. I've been loving that for 20 some odd years. But I'm tired, and, and this is me on my soapbox, of the church not feeling royal. We need to treat our women royal. We need to treat our pastors royal. We need to treat our children royal. We need to treat each other royal. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Stop treating each other like church members and treat them like heirs and kings. Amen? Next slide. Ambassadors. When God gives you territory... You are an ambassador, and that ambassador has the full rank and authority of the country it represents. When you understand what God has given you, your life will change. I'm going to show you something, and, and we're coming to a, a, a close here. I wanted to do this. I wanted to talk to you all about the kingdom of God. And I said, Lord, give me examples of what the kingdom of God looks like. 
what it feels like so your people can understand it and see it kind of like I see it, all right? And I just saw this. There's something, a term that has been abused, and this term is called colonization. Now, colonization to black people, to uh, anybody, when it's negative across the world, has destroyed communities, right? God actually initiated colonization in Genesis 126. But the enemy flipped the script and he made it negative. I saw this in the news and it, and it crushed my heart. And then I said, oh, I got to show the people this. If you could pull up that image, European colonizers killed so many Native Americans that it changed the global climate. If you read that article, it said when Christopher Columbus came in the 1400s to the 1600s, over 56 million Native Americans were slaughtered and killed. So much so that the environment changed. So much so. 56 million killed. If you look at the date, it says, thanks, February 2nd, 2019. So I'm not making this up. When it's negative, this is what happens. That was over a 200-year period of time. Black people, my people, 400 years, over 100 million. In the transatlantic uh, slave trade, they'll say you hear numbers from anywhere from 10 to 12 million. 100 million killed. It changed the environment physically. And then I said, Lord, when will our people get it? So then go to the next slide. The answer is you. When you understand the kingdom of God, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits the revealing of the sons of God. For creation was subject to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who's subject in hope. Because creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into this glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors in, in birth pains until now. So creation itself is waiting, like all those 56 million Native Americans that were killed, and those 400 years of black people that have been slaughtered, and all the other Jews that were slaughtered, and all the other things that happen over time, for the sons of God to be revealed. So when you start to understand your birthright, you can stop what the enemy is doing. This is so important that you get this. Now, the flip side of this, okay? Uh, show me the picture, the last uh, photo. Matthew 6 says this. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you look over here to the left, that's 7,797 7, miles away. That's Hong Kong. The one on the top is San Francisco. The one on the bottom is Chicago. But they look like the homeland. On earth as it is in heaven. I don't have to go to Hong Kong to get Chinese food. I can go downtown Chicago. I can go to uh, Chinatown in Chicago. I can go to San Francisco. I don't have to go to Hong Kong. But because of my passport, I can get to the motherland. See, when you understand that it is our job to make our community look just like the motherland, you won't be able to tell the difference. When you understand 
that this passport allows me to travel to the motherland to get all the supplies I need to come back to my home territory to create an identical image of on earth as it is in heaven. When you start to physically get it in your spirit that you're not just here by chance, but you are here to create a community that looks just like heaven on earth because you have access, you have covering, you have protection, you have direction, and guess what? You have a king. Now, if you remember the song that we were singing, it was, he is king of, king of what? Where are the other kings at? Where are the other kings at? You know what's up? When you understand your birthright, when you understand your identity, you understand that you are part of the king of kings. God has commissioned us to gain territory. Didn't I tell you at the beginning that a kingdom's purpose is to expand? That expansion happens in your neighborhood, your job, your small, your relationship, your talent, your gifts. There's people here with dreams and books and businesses. It's time to expand. So when you do expand, your territory looks just like the motherland. In the motherland, we have customs. We speak in another language. Can I just say something on the language tip? And this is me being fatherly. Uh, I have to go here. Christians who speak in tongues. Have you ever went to a spot? Let's just say Costco. And you heard another um, uh someone from another country speaking in their own language. You ever wonder what they were saying? That's how it is in the church. When you speaking in tongues without interpretations, sometimes it creates confusion. So when you're speaking, if you're speaking to the Father, speak to the Father. But don't get overzealous to where it confuses the people around you. When I first became a Christian, I was 19 years old, and this dude tricked me into going to church. I was a rapper. I was dropping bars, mad bars, so I battle anybody. I see you, Rob. I see you. I get you, kid. Anyway, this lady had on the church gloves. Y'all remember the church gloves, the white gloves? She was a nurse, and she came up to me. She said, I said, get back. I was going to give her a two-piece. And the dude came off the stage because he saw I was cocked back to knock her out. I didn't know what was going on. I never heard no tongues before. But then I realized we do a lot of things out of religious habits. That if we're going to talk to our father or be in that atmosphere, (laughs) have something called awareness around you. What's it called, Micah? What? There you go. Situational awareness is what I was looking for. (laughs) Understand what you have going on around you because this person is listening and they're watching. I'm not telling you not to. I'm telling you be aware. Amen. So at this point, I'm going to do something different. I asked pastor and he was so gracious enough to to allow me to have some people pray. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother Jerry right here. Um, Reverend Joshua and Reverend Hannah. (laughs) They call you Reverend Hannah. (laughs) That's my baby girl. And sweetie, (laughs) come on up to (laughs) Reverend sweetie. (laughs) And if somebody can go get Pastor Jamie. I want you all to realize this, that this kingdom we're talking about It ain't religious. 
I know it's cool to say that I'm a born-again, spirit-filled, blood-washed Christian, and I should keep that swag going, right? But beyond the name Christian, I am a king's kid. The word Christian is good. There's nothing wrong with it. It's what people have done with it. They enslaved a whole bunch of black people under the name of Christianity. Do you understand? So I'm not tripping off the name because I have an identity now. I'm a king's kid. I'm an heir. And this kingdom will give you access to everything that you need. I'll give you one other uh, testimony of how this kingdom works. Just recently, the government closed. Over 800,000 people were without work. We have people here that didn't have a job. Not only that, the weather drops to 150 degrees below. And then there's a minister here by the name of Karina. You in here, Karina? Where's she at? How you get back? <laughs> She's quick. From I talked to Pastor Jamie, and he said that God, where you at? Quit hiding back there, homie. What did God tell you to go out in the, in the winter and do what? In 150 to 1,000 degrees below, God put on her heart to find shelter for people without. That's kingdom. Not only that, he put in this brother's heart. When the government shut down, you stole the car? No, what'd you do? <laughs> he got a government car, drove around, and what did you do? Uh, we drove a lot of the homeless downtown Aurora to warming shelters so they don't have to walk in the cold. Did you hear that? Yes. That's called kingdom. Instead of sitting around praying for somebody, which is cool in the game, he went and did something about it. God put something in Karina's heart that prompted Pastor Jamin. Then Pastor Jamin hooked up with you, correct? And you as well. And they went around picking up people. And then what'd you do? Prayed with them. Just lives were changed. Lives were changed. 150, how, how, how cold was it? Negative 2,575 degrees. He's running around in a truck. Karina's back there receiving word from God to go out. So I'm telling you, it's time for us to take the territory that God has given us. You are King's kids. Yes, so I don't get in trouble for people on Facebook. They're Christians. But beyond that, Jesus died and rose again. And when you get to heaven, I want you to ask this question to the cat that died next to him. Did he say the sinner's prayer? He said, remember me. Was he a Christian? Did he live a Christian life? God is a cardiologist. He looks at the heart. So please stop judging other people. You're king's kids. You have a commission to represent your king because he's given you a legal passport to go from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven, from heaven to earth, to receive and touch and colonize and change your community. Now is the time. I have, I have one last scripture, then I'm going to ask Pastor Jamin to come up. And this is important because this is where we are. Right now, we have an opportunity because our country's government is in shambles. This side, that side. I'm going to ask you guys as born-again, spirit-filled, loving children of God to consider this scripture. It is Ephesians. two thirteen through 18, and I'm going to read it to you. Do we have that? If not, that's okay. okay. I'll read it. If you have a Bible. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, 
But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace unto us. He united the Jews and the Gentiles into one people. In his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall. He broke down the wall. I said he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the government system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between the Jews and the Gentiles, the blacks, the whites, the Spanish, the Democrats, and the Republicans by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of the peace to the Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit of what Christ has done for us. In the body of Christ, there is no walls. It doesn't matter your political background. You have a birthright. You have an obligation to represent the kingdom of God. No more walls, spiritually. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.